0: Welcome to Everyday Vedanta, a practical guide to rediscover our true self. Alright, so welcome to episode 2 of the Everyday Vedanta podcast. Thank you. Very happy that uh, we are here today and continuing this series and keeping the series uh, going. Uh, Before we go on to this this session, probably we should talk a little bit about uh, what is our Inference or what did we gather from the previous podcast? This episode 0 we spoke a lot about like the basic and priming of like why we started this and all that So I'm gonna go into that, but in in the previous podcast we did clearly speak about like we understood what is the body And we originated everything from the From the body. Body. Yeah, and then and then came the Mind. mind And, and then we also talked about the uh, body and mind how problems. yeah how body and mind and how the problems are related together but then um, we took a little bit deeper approach in that where we where, where we clearly spoke about okay so yeah body mind is there mm. uh, but why is there so much a uh, fight between this body and mind and then we spoke about the energy system of how the body is dependent on the the energy system and why the body is the creator of this energy system mm. because technically the energy is manifested from the body Yes. Yeah, maybe body is not creating this energy, but it definitely is a ground for the energy to manifest itself. Yes. And on this body is where this mind operates. The mind cannot operate like separately without the body. Without the energy. Uh, without the energy, of course it cannot. But also if you really think about it, something other than the body cannot even exist. Yes. Right? Mind cannot be in its own, it cannot be a sentient thing where it can exist by itself. It cannot do it. it cannot. So it, it needs a base. So hmm. body is definitely the base for it. But then we quickly saw about how the mind is able to hijack some of the functions of the body. Mm. Not everything, of course, the body still has more control. Uh, There are certain things which the body pretty much overrides and just uses its own intelligence to run things. But we have definitely known that mind definitely has a larger game to play. It definitely does influence the, the body. Some of the important decisions the body will take is influenced by the mind. So, hmm. then came a question whether the mind is basically a villain or the whether victim. it is the victim. Uh, so, initially it looked like the body, mind is definitely the villain here. But then we also looked around like how the body is also playing some tricks on the mind and how these two things are working together. And then we ventured into an interesting area called patterns. Yes. And then we, we, we saw how patterns are needed for both body and mind to save energy hmm. and how patterns can be implemented in a good way or how the patterns are self-afflicting, like where one pattern triggers another pattern and another pattern triggers another pattern creates a system of doom, hmm. like a vicious circle yes. or if the same patterns can be engineered correctly, then they can, you know, help us to uh, achieve this symmetry or this balance between body and, body and mind and, and we kind of, uh, kind of left it off there. But now in this episode, probably we will not go into that whole uh, body-mind theory immediately. We will definitely come back and close the loop. But I would like to start another thread. Mm. And in this thread, we will talk about the title, which is basically um, Everyday Vedanta, like, you know, how to apply Vedanta in real life. So now we are talking about a completely different thing called Vedanta, Mm. which is like a very Sanskrit word. And um, there is no root or origin or anything that we've spoken about in this podcast yet about Vedanta. Uh, So what we will do probably in this session and this session forward, uh, the next session is we will try to understand or address this whole body-mind system through this another new system that we will will implement called the Vedantic approach or the Vedanta system. Hmm. So before we go into it, let's start with a small prayer and we will thank uh, the gods. Again, this has got no affiliation or affliction to any theistic systems or theistic philosophy. Anybody who is atheistic or non-theistic or do not want to listen to this particular section, can easily skip this section and move on. But the reason why we are making this prayer is, is maybe to our own energy system that is helping us to create this entire uh, ecosystem, this Mm -hmm. environment, provide us with the comfort of this nice house and nice temperature, this nice setup here. And we wanted to offer this thanks to whatever system that is enabling it. It could be me, it could be you, it could be anybody. It could be a larger set of people, normal people who are enabled us to be sitting here you know, someone built this house someone is generating this electricity someone created this computer and all that stuff so it could be for people or it could be for those energy system that are part of this bigger world which sometimes we are not able to see and experience but we know that there is a larger system at play right so we'll take we'll tr- start with a small prayer and then we will move on with the uh, with the lecture this time i want to keep the prayer not towards any gods but towards more towards um uh, towards truth, towards towards enlightenment. Towards what I mean by enlightenment is clarity, hmm. not not spiritual enlightenment, but at least like the the true word from a more Oxford Dictionary oriented point of view of enlightenment. OM asato ma tamasoma JYOTIRGAMAYA MRITYOR ma amritam GAMAYA OM SHANTI SHANTI SHANTIHI ARIHI OM TATSAT SHRI Krishna So what we said here is like uh, we are cre- from we are moving slowly from untruth to truth and we are moving away from darkness to light and we are moving from death to immortality and let there be peace. Let there be peace. And let there be peace. And the and the deity's name I took Krishna is in an Indian uh, context is not usually a god, but Krishna is consciousness itself, consciousness manifest. So that consciousness is same consciousness which is there in me, which is there in you, which is pretty much there in everything. And we offered this whole um, prayer to that consciousness and not to any god or any any particular deity. So this is just to clear up, we will probably not be going too much deep into the explanation of the prayers going forward. We will straight away start with the prayers so that we can save some time. So let's start with Vedanta now. And we will, we drew an arc and then we will come back to the arc about how the body, mind and everything is operating and we will probably start from um, Vedanta and and everything. So, first we need to understand (coughs) In a Hindu tradition, in the Indic religion tradition, if you if you consider the Western world, uh, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Islam, they, they all originated from from the from the west, mostly from, from the western towards the east regions. In the land of India, which was marked as a geographical reference, hmm. anything beneath the Hindu Kush Mountains, anything beneath the, the plateau of the Hindu Kush Mountains, uh, the Indus Valley civilization became to be called as India and it is mainly the colonizers including the British primarily the British who coined this word called Hinduism Mm. because when they came here when they did a geographical survey and a more religious survey um, they obviously were flag bearers of Christianity Mm. and we all know how the colonizers not just to India they went all over the world and uh, even to Europe and from that's where it became the power center and from there it became the religious center and from then they started spreading or sending emissaries to spread Christianity Hmm. and when they came to India when they did a survey they were quite confused because they never came across a land so diverse extremely diverse that every 200 miles or 250 miles the religion language will change, food will change, culture will change, Hmm. people, ethnicity will change, even the people the way they look and they operate will change, Change. food, everything will change they were, couldn't, couldn't probably like create different categories in the beginning, which they did later. But in the beginning, what they did was, they did see a huge literature, large amount of religious philosophy roaming about the entirety of India. And to make it simple in their record, to do a surveying job, uh, they started giving it a bigger name called Hinduism. Hmm. And whatever they found or whatever the religious system or, or theory system, philosophical system, <clears throat> Uh, and religious system that they were able to find in the subcontinent, they kind of categorized it as Hinduism, Hinduism. and that's how the word Hinduism came into being. Hmm. If before Britishers, even even while the Britishers were here in India, many people didn't even know or wouldn't have identified themselves as Hindus, yes. like how we are all identifying ourselves as a nation today. They wouldn't it, easily be able to.
1: It was regional wise.
0: It was all regional yes. wise. If you go to those regional people and they ask you. They will think like that is the only thing that they know yes. and they are like okay with that and they know the existence of their counterparts who are like peripheral parts like for example if you are in North India hmm. and if you are in Central North India which is basically in Delhi and in, Delhi. Delhi, in Haryana and all those regions they have a particular religious affiliation they will probably know about the religious affiliations of people around them. They'll probably know what's happening in UP or what's happening in Bihar or what's happening in in Punjab or yes. and in Rajasthan in only that vicinity they know like, oh it, it is a little different there probably, yeah. they, they they pray to a different god or a different deity. Hmm. But but they didn't have any conflict or any great differences with them. Yeah. But when you travel far south, the Dravidian system was completely different. It's very different. It's extremely different. Their, their system of thought and their system of religion and their theology and their philosophy uh, was quite quite different. Hmm. And without getting into too much of the crux of it, I would like to start with like the origins of Vedanta and how Vedanta came into the being. And this information what I am sharing is uh, not to put down any existing religious belief or how people are following their existing uh, belief system, their religious system and their theological system and their philosophical system. And that is everybody's choice on what they take, what they, what they believe in, what they agree to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, what they think is provable, what they think is not provable. I am not getting there. I am mm-hmm. only getting into the idea of how uh, oneness can still be achieved uh, through this discussion. And it is all aiming towards oneness and not towards uh, creating these differences and, and split beliefs. Yes. So we will probably dive deep into these, these philosophical systems probably at a later point of time. But let's strictly keep this to the origins of Vedanta. Hmm. So in Hinduism, again the word given by British or the religious beliefs or religious practice systems in, in India, in the in the East pretty much, was, was only of two basic types. One type is where they believe to some seminal text that were very old and they predated a lot of different communities even within the, the Indian subcontinent. And those systems of thought or those schools of philosophy, they were all called as the Astika philosophy. And when I mean by seminal text it is the Vedas. Vedas. So Vedas are Pithic statements, small statements, hmm. like some saying. Could be like it can you can think of them as proverb, hmm. but proverbs are like pretty much like you know evident. These sometimes can be mythical and mystical in nature. Hmm. Sometimes they have hidden hidden messages That's and right. hidden uh, codes, and they are very usually quite short, or they are kind of like um, it's like not in prose but in metrical form, or sometimes in a in in a very packed form. It's hmm. like very packed, and you need to you need you cannot just read it and understand.
1: You need to inca- encapsulate
0: yeah you need to like encapsulate it and sometimes you know you need to you need another book to decode the original book mm. sometimes they are so small that one word will be probably like broken broken up and it will be approached from a more grammatical angle mm. from a more um, religious angle from a more philosophical angle from a theo- theological angle economic angle there are many angles through which you can look at that one word yeah. and it would mean a completely different set of things, right? Yes. So these Pithic statements are what we call as uh, shlokas or mantras and there are there are difference between these words. Let's not use them in the same light. It's It will be very wrong. But basically these Vedas. Yes. So when these Vedic systems were created, there was this huge character and we don't know whether this character was real uh, whether there were any roots of origin for this. But there was this guy who put these scattered around Pithic statements, these, these Vedic statements together and his name was Veda Vyasa. Uh, the word is not a name Vyasa is not a name it's the meaning of the word vyasa means who put things together or who is uh, basically an, uh, a differentiator who, who created these different sections of these vedas
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and this large collection of vedas he got them together he, he did both integration and and differentiation in a way mm. he integrated all these vedas like collected them all together collection and uh, and, and then he split them into four, four. basic sections called the Vik Veda, the Yajur Veda, the Sama Veda and Atarva Veda. These are the four schools of Veda he created. So the first system of thought Mm or philosophical school is the Astika school which believed or which accepted these Vedas. They said, yeah, these Vedic statements make some knowledge, they they seem to be, you know, something of great importance and probably we should, uh, you know, think about them in a much more deeper way and have a clear understanding of them, right? Mm -hmm. And, and everybody had their own interpretation of this, mark you. They did not just take it and just run with it. They took it. Maybe it could be an environmental reason. Maybe they are living in the mountainous border region where they have to be more uh, you know, body-oriented. They have to be fit. They need to protect themselves from the cold, from the animals, from foreign invasion. So many things happening. But when you keep coming into the mainland where there is no ocean or there is no sea, they were not... They, only through land you can invade them. There were no flights or anything at the day. You cannot mm-hmm. just fly over a continent and drop something from the top. You cannot do it. So you had to cut through all this landmass. Some of these people were in a geographical region that were surrounded by mountains. Yes. So it's very extremely hard to get there. Yes. Well, maybe one of the reasons why the North Indian people never bothered about the South India because of the Vindhya mountain. Yeah. Yeah, in, towards the Vindhya range. Very difficult to cross this Vindhya range through mm-hmm. the Dandak forest and come here. Even Rama didn't take a straight route. He took a kind of a reverse S route where he went from Uttar Pradesh to all the way across and then put a small S. Touched almost Mumbai, our Maharashtra area hmm. and then cut there and then came across and then came south, right? That is the route he took and because it's because the, the region is like unpassable. It's it's very difficult to cross these Windyam mountains. So because of these geographical reasons and these economical reasons, some people were near sh- sea and sea is usually abundant with a lot of um, you know items. Resources. resources you obviously will have more people coming out and reaching out to you so there's more chances of trade mm-hmm. people who are locked in the mainland didn't have much of an exposure they had to do things in a very sequential in a very uh, in a very proper way otherwise they will die and they will they will go into lands which they are not sure about probably be killed by other people who are in the other mm-hmm. land and these problems did exist back in the time yeah. so everybody interpreted these pithic statements these vedic statements in their own way and they found out different, different meaning for this or different, different utility for it. Hmm. They, they, they used it for one purpose, the other way they used it for other purpose, right. So then what happened was, there was this oldest school which is called the Purva Mimamsa school. This school what they did is, they believed in um, praying to these gods and they thought like this nature, this this Prakriti, this this whole nature, uh, there are different gods with different symptoms like, there is a god for rain, there is a god for uh, fire, fire, there is a god for wind, and there is this god who oversees all the other gods. Mm. Very similar to the pantheon of you know how the Greek mythology evolved, like how Olympus was there, how Zeus and Apollo mm. and, and uh, Poseidon and all those guys were there. And very similar to that, we, they had a very um, cut god or a specific deity or a specific god for each purpose, like like how Athena was there, the goddess of knowledge in Athens. Um, very similarly, we had Saraswati who is mm. the goddess of knowledge here in the, in the Vedic system so these are the guys who started giving offerings to these gods and some of these uh, uh, old traditional people they even sacrificed humans and sometimes they even sacrificed smaller animals like cows uh, pigs they still do they still do some in some areas and again that is their belief system and they think if you give the sacrifice to these deities they'll keep us happy so that is the system of purva mimamsa and then they got they, the in the purva mimamsa system became a little bit more um, uh, more refined I would say hmm. they thought like okay why don't we you know grow up fire and then give everything to the fire because fire is the ultimate destroyer of everything yes let's give everything to the fire and offer sacrifices so that is why even now when you build a new house you go and see uh, you build some uh, like a homa right like haven oh. and, and then you, you build everything and then you, you you say a mantra and then you say uh, you say a particular word and then you put that thing there meaning that you're given that to the God and the God has accepted it right? exactly and the way to understand that is like okay i give you this my god you give me wealth happiness Mm. uh, make sure my cows don't die because back then cow was currency so make sure my cow multiplies like you if you invest in some shares today you want the share to go up in the market not down right because Mm. you want to multiply your money and you that you call it investment back then they invested in livestock because that was their investment they buy will they'll buy probably like 10 cows and expect the cows herd to become like a hundred cowherd in the next two years or three years, right? So that'll be the type of prayer that they did. So they offered all this stuff, and the mimamsa system came about, where it is all about praying to God and telling God that, hey, God, I will give you this and satisfy you. In return, you give me health and wealth and prosperity and, and give me all the sampath. Uh, make sure that you know I have enough people, sanatan. You know I should have santan. Uh, make sure that I have enough santan or enough children to, so that my family is able to live and sustain and grow and so mm. on and so forth. Mm. The next system is a much more philosophical system which is uh, which is which is like the person who created this whole system according to the way it does is called Jaimini, Jaimini. He created this whole purva mimamsa system. He is the, he's the uh, creator who is attributed to purva mimamsa is Jaimini. And then came the next oldest system which is which is a system of thought. They thought a little bit more deeper. They said so, someone created us. So, when someone created us, like how mother creates a child, like how mother and father create a child. And when the child gets born, they say like, Oh, you have the ear of your mother, you have a nose of your father, you have your eyes of your grandmother, your hair is like your uncle, yes. you walk like your, uh, you know, stepbrother. They, they say this, no? They, yeah. they say, Why? even when the baby is born, some guys will say. They'll come, right? No delivery would have happened then the, the baby will change a lot by then but yeah. simply they will say like oh my god you are your mother's eyes right? so the idea is like you are born from something that means there will be an imprint of your parent or your gene or wherever you come from your family right mm-hmm. so they said huh very similarly they said why not what if if our creator has left his mark in us so that means all of us creation must have come from a source there should be an origin Right, so you can take it back to maybe in Christianity how they say about Genesis, about origin, and they say Adam and Eve they uh, fell from the Garden of Eden because yeah. of the of the original sin they committed, which is basically God said don't chase knowledge. Mm. Uh, the fruit basically represents knowledge, right? And and the Satan comes in the form of a snake and convinces Adam, saying like, hey, why don't you go and eat this fruit of knowledge? And then he eats it, and then that forms the original sin, right? Mm. So so then they fell from the garden of Eden and then they came to earth and then the whole earth started that's that's the that's the christian theological way of saying genesis how humankind came into being so similarly what happened what they said like okay whoever was the first person who came in or whichever was the first thing that came in that should have the imprint of god in him or her or in it right a very very clever way of uh, thinking things through saying like oh that means no matter how much of a human I am, hmm. there must be still some portion of God left in me. Yes. I mean, maybe like a very tiny, like very minuscule part of God in me, but a part of God is there in me. We can think we can we can definitely think in that direction, right? So they a very logical system of thought. Right? This system of thought is in the ancient system is called the school of Shankya. Uh, which talks about the Prakriti and Purusha. Mm. Prakriti being the whole creation and Purusha being this spark or this, this dot that is then in us which is basically a particle of God. I am mm. not talking about God particle like how physics says in antimatter, no. Not, not quantum physics yet. But this is like more about like you know, a very logical school, like school of dualism mm. where there are like two entities. One is like this creator and the creation, the creation. which is basically the creation which is from us. Mm. So And then there's a whole concept behind like how this is all created, let's not go there. But this is this one school created by Kapila and they say Kapila is the father of philosophy for the entire Southeastern cultures, anything that is in the East, uh, any philosophical school in the East, advanced philosophical school in the East, probably should have originated from Kapila, who lived probably like 6000 or 7000, even 8000 years before Christ. We don't certainly know, it becomes the mystic age. And we will not ever know when Kapila was really born. But this is to whom we uh, pray or say the um, attribute this whole school of thought, Shankhya, towards duality. Great. Now, next came a school which is a little bit more refined than Shankhya. Probably an extension of Shankhya, you can say it. Some will debate it, but it is my understanding again. I can be wrong, and I'm not being too proud or too. Uh, rigid saying no no whatever I say is right Hmm. maybe I'm wrong my memory might serve me wrong maybe I would have misrepresented a few things but this is just a baseline Um, so the third school is basically the school of yoga the school of union and what this union means is I mean yoga in America means totally different thing yoga in America means like standing upside down and and saying mantras and and all that no that's not the yoga that we are talking about we are talking about um, the school of union Hmm. And the idea of union is, okay, I agree with you that cool that we there is a spark of divinity in me. Hmm. Can I become divine somehow? Hmm. Right? Yeah. Can I be one with the divinity? Hmm. There is two things in me, right? One is this, this nature of whatever I call as me hmm. and then the original root of me which is some spark you just said right now and that spark is there in me. When the spark leaves me, I will die body and mind will not function anymore. Yeah. Whenever the spark is there in me, I start to live. I come to life and I do whatever I do in my life. Hmm. And whatever I do in my life doesn't look very divinely, doesn't look very godly. Hmm. I do all sorts of things. I kill things, you know, I say bad things to people, I lie, I steal, I borrow, I beg and do all sorts of stuff. Some of the stuff I do on a daily basis doesn't look godly at all. <laughs> so, how, how can I, you know, be godly? Hmm. Can I be be in union with that godliness in me, hmm. not anywhere from outside, within me only. Within me. Can I be in union with this, this godly nature inside hmm. me? That is the school of yoga but created by this great guy who we will probably like read a lot from because this master probably left us a lot of practical tips to follow and his name was Patanjali. And very famous, this master, because you go to internet and put Patanjali, you'll probably get 3,000 to 30,000 books on Patanjali Yoga Sutras, and Sutra means thread. 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 Yeah. The reason why they said thread is because it is flowing; it is in connection with something else. Mm. So you cannot just start with that. In fact, the first word of Patanjali Yoga Sutra, very divine auspicious word called "atha," "atha" is actually like like so. So it's like a continuation. It is so. so so, yeah, as if like he said like some 57,000 things and then just continues, right? Mm. He starts with Atha. And Tas, it could be said as Tas or This or yes, Here, or, yeah. Now or it, it means so many things in so much context. I have, I have, I have, I have listened to um, people go on about this one word for mm. maybe two hours about explaining this word atha <laughs> for probably like two words. They say the entirety of that whole Patanjali Yoga Sutra is is beginning, going and ending in that one word Atha. Because it has three words and they'll break it into three and, and then they'll tell you what is this whole idea of A, Kha and Tha and they will, they will probably like dive deep about A and then the other one and the other one and they'll go deeper, deeper, deeper and they'll they'll talk about very important things there. right? So they call it Chiti Shakti and all that stuff. So very advanced stuff. But basically this Patanjali Yoga Sutra, very practical, very practical steps that you, must, you, can, you can do in your life. No need to you know theorize and put equations on the board and say hence proved that you know divinity exists in me. Mm-hmm. Done. Thank you. And then go lie. And then go do all the things that you did. Go go do whatever you did. Go kill people, earn a lot of black money. You know, do corruption. Mm-hmm. Say one thing and do something completely different. Right? Be undisciplined. All that. No. With yoga, there was a particular way in which how your whole implementation or your whole life only will change. There is no... It, it crosses the bridge of, you know, uh, theory to practice. Mm-hmm. Yoga is a more practical school. And I am personally being a more practical person. Uh, I like the school of yoga and I, that's where I started probably my whole research and everything that long back. So this came the third school, yoga. Then came the fourth school, uh, which is basically the school where we are now talking about the school of logic. Because Shankya, if you see, originated this whole idea of logical thinking. And some people really liked this whole logical idea of logical thinking. This school was called the school of Nyaya. Nyaya, logicians, the Indian logical school, Indian logic school. And there originated a lot of logician logical texts in India. And some of these texts are even in use today. And the school of Nyaya or who are called as Nayayikas, they still exist today, till date. But not very prominent or it's not very famous until someone tells you about them, you'll probably not learn about them. This is a very important school, um, there are a lot of different people uh, who attribute this school to uh, a Rishi or a Sage uh, called as Gautama and he is the uh, creator of this whole philosopher school of Nyaya school like Gautama. Not Gautama the Buddha, this is Gautama, mm-hmm. a separate saint who, who still belongs to the same Vedic age and uh, I personally don't know much about Gautama, probably listeners can go and read more about him and if, if they know something they can contribute to this to this lecture. And then came the school of Indian atomists. They, they thought like cool, they think like anything living, anything non-living is made up of these simple tiny things called atoms.
1: Hmm.
0: And they, their idea of atom and scientific idea of atom, like proton, neutron, electron is different. Their atomism is completely different. They said like there is one common unit. And this common unit, when they bind with each other common units, will lead to different type of creations. And this common unit has a core and that core is this divinity core. And you can see that you can kind of think like Shankya kind of like triggered a whole cataclysmic system of different, different, different thought. Very, very cool, cool school where they thought like everything is atom, everything is like, you know, if you boil it down, ultimately you will get one common element. element. And it's that combination of this common element with some will uncommon element will create different, 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 different varieties. things in varieties of things in this world. Living, non-living and partially living and partially non-living and semi-solid, solid, gas, and, and mm. human being and... You think about it, you know, your your hand, you have a nail and you have skin right next to each other. Mm. Nail is hard, skin is not hard. Mm. Right? Nail, in fact, is, is a non-living entity in your body. Mm. Nail and hair are dead things in your body. Yes. But they grow. I mean, technically, living things will only grow. Non-living things will not grow. Mm. So, if you if you put a dead body or bury a dead body, you can, you can see, observe that their nail and their hair are still growing. Because they are dead in a way, right? But how can dead thing grow? Dead thing is not growing, it is accumulating. It's not growing in a sense, it's accumulating. It's adding and adding and, yeah. adding, and adding and adding and it's pushing things out of you. Yes. But it looks like it is living, right? But this dead thing which is being pushed out is from a living thing. Hmm. For example, your hair follicle is a living thing. living thing. And it's from this hair follicle this non-living entity is coming out. Yeah. So their idea is like, so let's stop thinking about things as living and non-living and let's try to boil things down to a common factor and they boil that common factor down to this one divine particle That is the school of logic The Indian logicians they are called Right? So and the person who created this school is attributed as khanatha Khana or khanatha And he created this whole Indian logical school Next came the school of the last school of Uttar mima, Mimamsa like hmm. Purva Mimamsa and uttra Mimamsa, They kind of like took all the best parts of all the schools and they just combined it together. And they called it into a logical school. Their idea is, forget earth. Forget this universe. Take this whole existence into picture. Hmm. Take existence. Hmm. Astitva. Astitva. Existence. Isness. Isness. So, how to explain this? Very difficult to explain. But one way how I find it easy to explain is is is, is through electrical knowledge. And, and since I am an electrical engineer, I find it very convenient for me to. So you take this computer monitor, right? Take mm. this computer monitor, right? You have mm. seen two computer monitors are before you, right? This one computer monitor. Yes. In this computer monitor, you are you are able to see different shapes and forms and colours, right? Yes. Different, different shape and different, different form and different different color. Yes. There is a start icon, then there is a folder icon, then there is a search icon, then there are different, different icons. Hmm. So if it is in that particular way, you call it icon. icon. Then in the behind of that icon, there is something called wallpaper. Yes. Suddenly, there is something different there. In that wallpaper, there could be Iron Man, there could be, you Now there is an Iron Man in the wallpaper, right? In Iron Man, you will see eyes, you will see face, you will see hands, you will see fingers, you will see light, many things. And then in that whole thing you will see something called as a mouse pointer hmm. which is going and running which is everything else was static at this point hmm. now this mouse mouse pointer will move now hmm. it has a definite shape for hmm. it it's like a arrow mark with a tail like it's an arrow mark right and you can see this arrow mark is moving and it, it is of different color and it this now this arrow mark can go and touch the face hmm. it can now go and touch the hand hmm. it can now go and touch these icons now
1: yes
0: but all this is happening in the no in the monitor in the monitor right you're seeing the monitor right now mm. but you were able to differentiate them yes now this monitor so called monitor this screen so called monitor screen what is the screen made of three colors no the screen colors are coming from where
1: from the pixel
0: very good so these pixels are identical one pixel is the same as the same next as pixel. The Another pixel is same as the previous yes. pixel. Is it like something called Iron Man pixel? No. Is it like something called Icon pixel? No. Is there something called Mouse pixel? They are also made of three same colors. Yeah. Red. If you take the hardware, put it under a microscope, no. they will look exactly the same. Maybe there will be minor, small manufacturing differences, but in principle, their Yavahara or their utility no. is same their name and shape might, shape might change a little bit, name will not change, called pixel and the utility will be like absolutely similar. Now these pixels are all grouped together, right? Now what is this thing that is running these pixels? Electricity. Electricity is running these pixels. Mm. So from a philosophical angle, scientists, physicists uh, and even some natural theorists will now stop listening to this Audible podcast. Mm. Is because I will now say that Mm. Each of these icons, each of these pixels, each of these things are running through electricity. So in a way, electricity is looking like these icons. Mm. Electricity is looking like this wallpaper. In that wallpaper, electricity is looking like the head, Mm. the eyes, the finger of the Iron Man. Mm. Electricity itself is looking like Iron Man. Mm. Electricity is looking like this mouse pointer. And this electricity mouse pointer is moving, is basically some electrical charge moving here and there, here and there, within the boundary of this something called as monitor. monitor. Beyond the boundary, does this Iron Man exist? No. Beyond this boundary, does this pixel exist? No. Uh-huh. So, within this boundary only they exist, right? So, now think of this whole isness this here, right here mm-hmm. you, me, the planet, the solar system. The galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, the other adjacent galaxies like Andromeda and other countless other galaxies, and whatever, whatever, whatever away from this galaxy, there is one star which is like probably millions of years from us. That hmm. everything is part of this is-ness. isness. This isness. And it is always live. So, this electricity should always be live. Hmm. If this electricity is not here, it's like refreshing the screen, right? Because if I watch a movie, there is a character coming in point A and then in the next second the character comes to point B Mm. and in the next second the character comes to point C then you have a motion picture, right? You're you're moving pictures right now. That's how we watch a movie, right? But if you really think about it, nothing moves. You are sitting in the same spot. In theatre when you are watching a movie, you are sitting in the same exact spot. Mm. The movie is running in the same exact spot. But inside the movie there is a car. In that car there is a hero. In that car there is a heroine Mm. And then they are going nicely in that car Mm. And there is a music and there is a waterfall And then there is a scenery They are in love Now there is something called emotion coming into picture And then you are also in love And someone takes this heroine away from the hero There is separation There is great anguish There is so much sorrow and pain and anger You also feel so much sorrow, pain and Anger anger. Anger. But you are sitting in the same spot Mm. But there are movies there and then there are characters there, mm. you will not even see them as light, you will say the name of the actor, yes. you won't even say the name of the character of that actor. You know but that guy is not real, you know everything is not real, mm. but then you like to assume that everything is real. Yes. Why not same thing is happening here now in the macro? Let's apply the same principle of the monitor. You are a pixel, I am a pixel, mm. let's start let's like that. So, the electricity that is going through both of us, is it not the same? It should be. Yeah, if I, they say, I am alive, right? You are alive, right? And then they'll put some medical equipment and they'll prove, Oh, your heart is beating at this beats per minute, 72 beats per minute,
1: Hmm.
0: right? And then uh, your body is, you know, generating this much amount of heat. Your brain is able to produce this much amount of heat. Your heart is pumping. Your air system is working. Your fluid system is working, your nerves, motor system is working. Mm. You are aligned. Mm. They are declaring that. Yeah. And then when nothing of this works, your bleed, your blood pressure is nothing, your heart rate is zero beats per minute, your air system is not working, your liquid system is not working, suddenly what they will declare you? Dead. Dead. So the electricity that is powering you and me, because we are pixels in this example, remember that, right? Yes. Right? You are displaying yellow color. I am displaying red color. Mm. But the electricity in us is? Same. So the Uttaramimamsa system focuses on the commonality of these two things mm-hmm. Now how interesting this is? Yes. Very interesting this is Now there is a great sense of peace when we think about it like Oh so I am Asian You are Caucasian But the electricity that there is is same. same You are yellow I am orange But the electricity that is there in the pixel is Same So why not we start seeing this entire world Not in the name of form Or not in the name of their given name Hmm. Or not in their utility Hmm. But The common thing that is powering this all thing It might look like atomism a little bit It might look like logical school a little bit It will look like Shankya a lot actually A lot A lot like Shankya, nothing like Purvormi mm-hmm. Where there is like, oh God, please help me. And the God says, no, in in Christian theology, they say, um, the God rep- responded, the pagan gods especially, they say, I am an angry God. I am a greedy God. I am a trickster God. There there are pagan gods like that, right? Where they worship these different forms of these gods. There are <laughs> gods of different nature. And suddenly one God will become angry. And oh my God, God, don't become angry and shower thunder on us. Please bless us. And you know, I will give you five uh, sheep as a sacrifice and please stop this rain. This is killing me. And they give five sheep and the rain stops us. Mm. So this is how the the belief system worked. But this system is much more refined. They are looking things that are same as each other. So when now you when you walk out in the world and you look at other people and think of this pixel example and think like even though this pixel is looking like this, these are momentary in nature. This is very momentary in nature. Because tomorrow, if I change the wallpaper to a flower, the Iron Man will now look like a flower. Yes. Pink and colour and so cute and so beautiful and so peaceful and all that. Now he is looking like he's gonna destroy the whole world, right? Like I'm gonna like throw this beam at you, right? When you switch this all off, what you will see? Blank. Blank screen, you will see. So is this the pixel which is actually doing this? Electricity. Sort of, sort of, because when you have, when you put the electricity in a fan, it will not show you Iron Man. When you put it in a light bulb, it will not look like an Iron Man. Yes. When you put it through this monitor, and you have different pixels of same name, shape, everything.
1: Hmm.
0: Suddenly, this is taking the form of an Iron Man. Hmm. And that also you see, right? Only in that border, it looks like Iron Man. Just beneath the border, it looks like an icon. And that also, there are different types of icon. And there is one moving thing in between all this, which can move really anywhere in the screen. He can go touch the Iron Man's nose, touch the icon. That also is part of the same pixel, right? Same pixel. So that means, Vedanta philosophy, the whole idea is what if this whole system is one and they are appearing as name, shape and form. That's Vedanta. This isness, that, that liveness, is vedanta now why would you link this vedanta and why would you link uh, the body mind and all this stuff together where is the hook point the hook is about to come and we will hit the hook when it comes there we now know at least what are the six schools of um, astika tradition right what are the nastika tradition how does that look like people who don't agree to the vedas we will not go too deep but one of the most primordial schools of the nastika tradition uh, is buddhism and I'm very fond of Buddhism is just because um, Buddha actually if, if there are only like so much full handful of masters whom if they would have not existed the whole idea of philosophy and spirituality would have would have taken a very different course and I don't know I don't know whether I'm we are so fortunate that these masters appeared hmm. one master is Kapila of Shankya if Shankya did not start then we would have still been, you know, very much believing in pagan gods and all the gods. Like uh, there are probably gods in the celestial system, so we should not even try to go to space. I mean, that could have been that that would have been a very true possibility. So luckily, that didn't happen in the Western system, but in the Eastern system also, uh, if Shankya school did not have originated, then the idea of uh, Paramatma and Jivatma and the whole school of Dvaita and Advaita, Chintya Chintya, Veda Veda uh, Vishishtha, Advaita and all the different schools, even the atomists and the nayayikas wouldn't have existed if Shankya didn't come. Kapila is a primary, seminal master that we should all be thankful that that appeared in this world. So this, for Sankhya, in what era it could have come? Nobody could picture. say these things clearly. People could only guesstimate at the maximum. Um, I want to say that um, uh, I consult just Wikipedia or something in the system and In in my humble opinion, we shouldn't go too deep into these things and take them to be like ultimate, absolute reality. If you do that, then you will again fall into the same paradigm of people who do that. And then you will adhere to that system. It's like this, right? Let's assume that you want to go to a town or a city. Hmm. And there is a board that is saying like, go this way to the city. The board will have the name of the city, Hmm. some city name. Let's say Sunnyvale, you want to go to Sunnyvale, right? They say Sunnyvale and one arrow mark will be here, right? It actually has the name of the city called Sunnyvale Sunnyvale. with an arrow mark. If you think that is Sunnyvale, then you are absolutely wrong.
1: Hmm.
0: Am I I correct? Yes. It is pointing you towards the greater truth or pointing you towards the reality in this case, not not even a greater truth in terms of a signboard. It is telling you this way to reality.
1: Hmm.
0: And there could be another board in that different south direction which will point the other way and say this way to Sunnyvale
1: hmm.
0: now imagine right Sunnyvale is right in the middle hmm. if you are approaching it from Milpitas the board will say go this way yes. and if you are approaching it from uh, mountain view it will tell the opposite way actually Yes. Bo- if you look at these boards and compare these two boards together they are telling the opposite things so,
1: technically this uh, this Vedas everything it's Pointers. pointers.
0: Pointers. Yes. So if you take these pointers and start finding to their point of views, you will definitely find conflict. So why are you conflicting? How can the same thing be in conflict? Yeah, it can be. You, if you're approaching it from a different direction, it can be. Yeah. You are approaching it from north. I'm approaching it from south. We are meeting in the middle. We are traveling in the opposite direction. Mm. It doesn't make sense. How can we both travel in the opposite direction yet be traveling towards the same thing? Yeah, you are. That is how the setup is, unfortunately. So if you take this too close, if you take this too serious, you are in big trouble. And people who take it serious will ask these questions. Who created this system? Um, and I'm, I'm again going to mention a very touchy topic. Half people will stop listening at this exact moment. Is he a Brahmin who created this system? And how can that Brahmin tell you all this? So if the Brahmin created the system, only Brahman should listen to the system. They created the system. This is called Smriti. So again, I'm going into a little technical just to answer that specific question and eradicate these type of questions from the listeners mind is Technically speaking, Vedas are Shruti. Shruti means something that came through sound, transpired through sound. So, one guy said to another, another guy said to another, another guy said to another. Remember this corporate game we used to play, where everybody stands in one line, one guy will say one message and the other guy has to say the same message to the other guy. By the time it reaches the 30th guy, it will be like, you know, my mother wanted your head for breakfast. (laughs) This guy would have said like, my mother wanted you to buy bread and some eggs for breakfast. By the time it reaches the 40th day, it will be like, my mother wanted your father and your mother and my head, the brother and their head for breakfast. Right? So that is how Shruti would have transmitted. I am not again saying like all the Shruti are false. No. No. Some of these ideas that we are going to take and apply for life actually originated from Shrutis. But then, then were the Smritis. Smriti. Smriti are the constitution, law. Like, you know, it's a regulation. Like civics. So let's say, for example, in 2010, how much was one liter of petrol in India?
1: 2010?
0: Yeah, it would have been definitely lesser than today. 75. 100 percent it would have been lesser than today, right? I'm not talking 100 percent in the personal value, but saying certainly yeah, yeah, it will be less than
1: lesser, lesser than, than what today. it was
0: today, right? So at that time, you go to a petrol station or a or a, or a or a or a gas station and you say that give me one liter of petrol in India, he would have charged you whatever was that rate at that time. Now if you go back to the same petrol station and say like, hey in 2010 you only charged 70 rupees man, why are you now charging 120 rupees, give me same one liter of petrol, Hmm. people will think you have gone mad. (laughs) Right, people will think you got mad. That is constitution. Changes. Hmm. It changes. At this day and age, it will change. So if Manu created a constitution, that was for his period. Right. Why are you taking that now and telling people like, you know, whatever Brahman created, Brahman only should. I am telling you Brahman, non-Brahman, pixel, this pixel, yellow, orange, electricity.
1: Living, non-living.
0: Living, Living non-living electricity. Pure electricity. Right. This looks more unifying. That is why Vedanta is a unifying school. And that is why we don't ask questions like who created this system or we ask it just to attribute to the to that person or to that master who did that with great reverence and respect, but not hold on to the signpost. If you sit down to that signpost saying Sunnywell, this direction, you will never reach Sunnywell. You have to go in the direction, that general direction. But how will you know that you arrived in Sunnywell? You will know you arrived in Sunnywell. Because there will be boards there, because there will be tell-tale signs there, definitive in- information there, identifying that location as Sunnyvale until you get to that spot you have not reached. You will even reach a signboard which will say, welcome to Sunnyvale. Hmm. But that itself is not Sunnyvale.
1: Hmm.
0: That welcome to Sunnyvale is still the border of Sunnyvale. You only like touch the line of it. You still need to go in. So if you ask this question, when was the system created? then you are also asking a question that then I like this system. Then that's it. You are already putting one hand on the signboard right now. I like this signboard. Mm. Such a well-defined system. Why should I even leave this signboard? Then you will never go to signboard. You created a dislike. Because you disliked something, you created the like. Because you liked it, you by default created dislike for all the other systems. Look how... Tricky this, this situation has now become. I like this poor Vumi school, man. Seems to be very, you know, logical school grade. Yeah, you're stuck now. <laughs> because you liked it, you now disliked all the other six systems of school, of thought. No. It, the idea here, what what at least we will try to do is, the, let's not be polarized. Like, I, we don't know the certainty of the fact, like I didn't drink chai with Kapila day before yesterday. I don't even know whether Badrāyana existed. He created the whole Uttama Mimamsa system. Uttramimamsa system, sorry. Badrāyana. That Vedanta is attributed to Badrāyana. And inside, inside Vedanta, there is, there is a lot of different school. And we especially will be diving deep into Advaita Vedanta, which is the theory of non-dualism that under the Vivarana school of, of Vedanta. And we will talk about this and it will become a more philosophical class. but. The idea here is to see oneness in everything. There is a commonality between everything. Instead of me saying like I am yellow and you are brown or I am Iron Man and you are an icon. I am a moving mouse and you are a non-moving wallpaper. I would probably identify ourselves as pixels. That gives us a little bit of symmetry with each other. But that also is a problem. Why? Because the pixel will end in some spot. And the border of that monitor will begin. And that border also will end at some point, and border of another monitor will begin. And that border also will end at some point, and space will begin. And that space also seems to be like kind of ending in one point where one body will be there. And that body begins there, and now the system begins much much more complicated because this body now has a name called Kushil, this body has a name called Tamil, and there is Cheda, which is basically division. This is basically our Chedavada. Cheda means theory of different, difference and we will talk about this. Limitation theory. Why this limitation exist? If you remove this limitation and think about this, think about electricity running through all these pixels and creating all these complicated patterns and objects and all that stuff. Why shouldn't there be an electricity-like thing running this whole isness, Living things, non-living things, your bag, your chair, your water bottle, this pillow, that chair, this microphone, this computer, everything is isness, right? It's it's moving. It's a living. It's it's an on. Let's not say living, but it's an ongoing phenomenon. Hmm. The whole existence is an ongoing phenomenon. Now I want you to please sit down on it and contemplate this and take this in in its literal sense. It is an ongoing phenomenon. Meaning, everything is flowing Mm. It's happening Mm. All at once Mm. Sounds like the movie name like everything Everywhere happening all at once Everywhere, not just this earth There are planets that are now being created Mm. There are planets that are now being ended Mm. There are stars now being created Mm. There created. Mm. There are stars now being ended There are galaxies that are being created. There are galaxies that are being ended. All of that. There must be a common thing that is running through all this. Maybe we have not identified it. Science can say, no, it cannot be. There cannot be one common thing and all. That would make it too complicated and too tightly coupled. But you don't know it. You only knew the pillars of creation just... Years. Few ma- few months back, in fact, right, mm. and that too you are observing old information. Mm. Probably millions of years late, you are observing that. You are only observing it now. Yes. So that means existence is ahead of you. Way
1: really way ahead of
0: us. Much ahead of us. <laughs> so you cannot you cannot dig the dead and experience something in the future. You cannot do it. No. You are doing post mortem right now. I'm talking about existence which is happening here now everywhere all at once. So Vedanta is trying to put forth a theory which is saying that why can't there be oneness? I'm not talking about oneness in oneness word sense. I'm breaking that word into one hyphen ness. So it is not a noun it is a verb. Noun means tree. I'm saying treeing because the tree is not dead. It is Growing, it is changing. And Buddhists will also say this. This is called Nimitavada, or they say that this is called like Shranika Vada. Mm. Means like the doctrine of non-momentariness. Or the doctrine of sorry, doctrine of momentariness. Doctrine of moment, everything is momentary. Shranika. Mm. Everything is time, time, time. Now, now, now. So the tree changes. Mm. Minutely it may be changed very microscopically nano to nano it changed Hmm. but it changed Changed. so you look at one tree once you turn your head back you look at the tree you didn't look at the same tree that is their way of refining it Buddhism very important school Buddhism same thing with us living thing living thing we are also changing constantly Hmm. right so in the second school as we were saying without forgetting the thread of discussion so the second school that did not agree with this whole Veda school is Jainas the Tirthankaras, basically Mahavira, Bardhamana Mahavira, and all those yes. things. They did not believe in, in, in Jaina school. In the Jaina school, they did they had their own set of Vedas. And they had their own doctrine. Hmm. But probably they didn't mean the Vedas of, of what was compiled and integrated by uh, Vedavyasa. Hmm.
1: Right?
0: And then the next school is uh, uh, Buddhism, Jainism, and then Sikhism is another school in the Indic religion which did not believe in Vedas. They have their own Guru Granth to agree yeah. to. Right? And then comes the Indian materialist called the Charvakas. They were materialist people. And fortunately or unfortunately, I must say, whatever India is now known for, I'm not talking about just India, whatever the Southeast Asia, South Asia and Southeast Asia is known for, is is mainly because of materialists. And they are the guys who, who thought gold is primary and they created all the Dharma, artha Kama system of the, the, the dharma Sastra, artha shastra and kama Sastra,
1: hmm. they
0: created all the system most of the smritis unfortunately were created by the charvakas and they and i'm not saying this but there are verbatim quotes i couldn't quote here but many people in the vedic system did not uh, were very uh, afraid and they were very like um, they wanted the whole charvakas to just go because that created a huge decline in the in, in the indian school of thought even now if you go somewhere current day modern day hinduism or the collection of hinduism is in a chaos probably confusing or sending conflicting inf- conflicting information uh, throughout the whole diaspora which created this whole up- rift of this whole system being completely now somewhat uh, diabolical and you know very congested and very polluted right now mm. right Charvakas. and finally there was one school which did not want them to be categorized as anything they were just saying enough, leave us alone. Mm. <laughs> enough of all these theories and all that you know stuff. We are nobody. We don't want to believe anything. Can you believe? Like right now, um, in in gender neutrality, there are genders which do not want to identify themselves with anything. Mm. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: They are given a given a moral high ground to stand on now. Mm. Can you believe in 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 our Indian subcontinent? We provided the system, or the system was provided. Nobody provided that. Look at it. They took it themselves and they stood on their own ground saying like we don't believe in anything we are normal human beings who live eat die and we will have fun and we'll just go we don't want to be a part of anything
1: Hmm.
0: that school was also existing along with this school pretty much and there were numerous schools in between in between right so this is the originations of vedanta now let's let's put a pause here and then come back and link it to the original problem now now the problem where it all started all the way the whole problem is right now is we have two tangents going right now we have two parallel lines right now meeting at infinity right so let's take these two parallel lines not at not even a tangent maybe a two parallel lines now going to become a tangent is how is this body mind problem related to Vedanta man what does Vedanta has to offer to this body mind problem hmm. now if you closely look at the previous sex series that we, we created previous episode we, we talked about this energy conflict problem yes. right and then we talked about patterns in the mind mm. now most of the patterns that get created has a definitive structure to it mm. right and the problem with this patterning is like we think that or the mind thinks that he, the mind is suffering through all the system with problems mm. and this problem of energy and then the mind has to do something to act on it and takes control over the body Similarly, the body acts on it and tries to take control over the mind and the control problem creates this illusion of control problem comes into picture. And then body, mind, mind body, body, mind, mind, body, this fight starts
1: hmm.
0: and the mind ultimately loses energy and pollutes the body and body loses a lot of energy, pollutes the mind. And then this vicious circle keep rotating with each other. And there is no definitive stop. This is all being created because fear of death. Right. Because if the energy goes away body will die. Body will die. Now what Vedanta is slowly trying to give you and hit you on the face is what do you mean by death? Let's think about this pixel way. Hmm. There are now very sophisticated pixels that are being created right now called OLED. Hmm. The idea behind LCD and LED and OLED is in LED there is one backlight. I'm talking technology right now, and I'll map it back, don't worry And this LCD technology or even LED technology, there is one backlight yeah. And what will happen is, if there is a black colour coming somewhere The light will not turn, it cannot not turn off now, it will become very dim But it will still be lit mm. And the black will not look like true black, it will look like somewhat like a grey or a light grey colour will come if you have ever been to AMC, the Dolby Vision, they will actually show you the difference between this was black and this is actual black. Right. Now, what OLED will do is, wherever black comes in any picture, like take Iron Man for example, right? you can see in his hand there is some black here. right? Mm. Technically, in these areas, the LED is off. Mm. Like really off, there is no grayish light coming because each LED is its own LED now. Mm. In the previous technology, there was one light source which glue in that particular Mm. way and then the filters will filter that those lights in such a way that it will reproduce color for you, right? Mm. RGB and what you just said right now. Mm. In OLED what happens is the control is given to each of these LEDs. Mm. Okay. The LED is off. Mm. The LED is off. Now the question to you is, although the LED is off, the electricity is still there, right? Yes. Uh So, did the pixel die in its true sense? Put it on pause. Put it on pause. Hmm. Would you call it dead pixel? There is actually a term called dead pixel where the pixel is damaged.
1: Yeah, you cannot even though even you put light, electricity,
0: nothing noise. will come out Everything of it. Will come out. But when LED is switched off, hmm. do you think it is dead pixel? No. Ah. So if you put the same idea to us and you are a pixel, I am an OLED pixel, let's say. No. no. New understanding, right? Puro yes. mimams, Utra mimams. So now Uttrami new understanding. Now we are identifying ourselves as OLED now, right? Mm-hmm. So if you off, in, in Hindi they say, off ho gaya, like he died. died.
1: Hmm.
0: So let's say you are off. Hmm. Really off? Pause. Pause. Maybe you will come out as a different light, hmm. a different color. Hmm. This color maybe has a name called Kushil. Hmm. Maybe there will be a new color. Hmm. Maybe there will be a new you. Maybe there is a new form, maybe there is because of the new form, you may get a new name. Because of the new form and name, maybe you get a new utility, Vavahara, like usage. Like that, right? So now, because this fear is now eliminated through this framework. Again, this is a framework. Hmm. Definitively, we don't know whether it is true or false. Let's not go there. Let's not, let's not definitively say that, no, no, it is truth. It is the ultimate truth. I'm telling you. There is no truth beyond this truth. No, no, no. We don't know. Nobody came back and told us like, don't, don't worry. Mm. LEDs pause. LED is pass. Mm. It will come back. It will come back. Rest assured. Mm. Here we are waiting. Oh my God, the screen, did it die?
1: Mm.
0: Immediately there'll be one text coming there saying, no, don't worry. I am not dead. Mm. In AMC, if you go to Dolby, they'll say, don't worry. The projector is still on mm-hmm. they say. Similarly, there is nobody in our life telling us saying like, don't worry, don't worry. Mm. You, are, you are on pause. You are on pause. <laughs> You'll come back, come back, don't worry. Don't worry. Nobody says this. Mm. But every religious system in this planet so far have told this. One way or the other. Yes. They will tell you this. They will give you this hope. Mm. And I think we are believing in many things right now. Mm. We are believing in many things right now. Why don't we believe this and use this to become a little bit more peaceful? A little bit peaceful, even if it is 15% peaceful. It's worth, in my opinion, without any medicine, without any... uh, It's it's not even like accumulating something, it is dropping something. If you are accumulating something, then you probably should be worried. Here you are dropping something. Maybe in this case, you are dropping a false belief. And we don't even know whether it is a false belief or right belief at this point. But by dropping something, if you are becoming a little bit more relaxed, you are becoming a little bit more uh, you know, confident, mm. All right. if you have no paranoia inside you and a little bit de-stressed you become, decompressed you become, you expand out a little bit, I think it's worth it, I think it's worth it, it's worth a shot. So, this podcast is not to stand on Advaita. Mm. It is not to defy other religious systems or irreligious religious systems even. This is not about a belief. This is not about faith. This is not about finger-pointing and saying, No, no, Badrayana told this. Adi Shankara told this. My master has told me. So I believe in this. No. I'm saying, can we put this to practical use? Like how Patanjali said in yoga, in Ashtanga yoga, eight-limbed yoga, eight-stepped yoga, union at the end of the day. Please don't think yoga is standing upside down and saying Om. No you'll probably feel head-sick and you want to sit down for a little moment. No, <laughs> right? Yeah. Is there something that we can do systematically in this life, right here, right now? Free ourselves of this fear of death? death. Maybe if we can attack it from that angle, that doesn't mean that your body doesn't rely on energy, mark you. You'll still feel hungry. Hmm. You'll still feel tired when you think too much. Hmm. But maybe by implementing this framework inside, unnecessarily you won't be fearful unnecessarily you won't be in paranoia. Unnecessarily you won't go into the regular trap of how your contemporaries and your predecessors have been going and probably could save yourself in getting into more paranoia, into more depressive state. At least it will prevent you from going any further and create a harness system for you where you can hang on, where you can rest on and stand your ground and regain control. Just a little bit. I think it's worth a shot. And it's more than that, in fact, people who have gone through this systemic change decades and decades before, centuries before even, have come back and told us to mankind that that there is something which is uniting us all. Every theistic system in this world mm. believes this, that there is an unifying force is mm. still there in this world which runs this in some form or fashion. Birth, rebirth, I don't know, but dropping of that fear, I think is very important because that fear is draining us from energy. This fear of death is creating all sorts of problem in us. Anxiety, depression, psychosomatic disorders, sleeplessness. What if, what if scenario building in your mind, hmm. which is really not there right now. Hmm. So the confidence that Vedanta gives you is don't worry. Even if you die, your LED is in a pause state. Mm. Right? Maybe you will not come back as the same yellow light. Mm. But rest assured, you are going to come back. Mm. Maybe the body won't come back. Mm. Maybe the mind won't come back. But you will come back. Maybe Iron Man will not come back. Maybe the icon will not come back. Maybe the mouse will not come back. Mm. The pixel will come back the pixel will shine again because you are not iron man because you are not mouse you are none of those icons you are electricity correct you are not even the light Mm. your electricity is now because of the setup Mm. appearing as light and electricity is don't worry it's always there why because existence is always here and if you can map yourself to that existence, then there is no limitation. Hmm. Then you can expand all the way to how much existence expanded, hmm. which is everything. Yes. So you can expand to everything. Then there is no energy problem. Is it not? Yes. That way we can free the mind. And that way we can free the body. And that way we can free ourselves from this this framework of thought that we are body and we are mind and we can break ourselves from all the shackles and be free. This freedom is what Buddha preached. And Buddha never uses the word bliss in his entire Bodhi Sattva tradition technique in his Dhammapada. He never mentions this word called bliss because humans have this weird tendency of uh, equating bliss to happiness. He says you will attain freedom and this Path is the path of liberation. Liberation from what? Liberation means breaking away from something, right? What are you breaking out of? Fear. Wrong identification. And you're liberating yourself from this fear that Oh, what happens if I'm dying? What happens if this goes away? What happens if this doesn't come back? What happens if I don't have energy? Then body will play its game, then mind will play its game, then body will play its game, then mind will play its game. Then the same mind-body complex problem, then the whole body-mind contract executes and then the energy deficit problem will eventually come. But then if you can come out of this fear, then whenever body really needs energy, you can directly give it energy. Whenever mind really needs energy, you can directly divert the energy. But not maybe not live in the fear of, oh my God, what will happen? Oh my God, what will happen? Oh my God, what will happen? And even then you're saying, oh my God, oh my God, because you're theistic. Because in India, they all think that theistic system or astitva or, or sorry or Astika means whoever believes in God. No, actually, Astika school doesn't say God exists. In fact, you'll be very surprised, of those six schools I said, except for Purvami mimamsa hmm. nobody accepts the existence of God. Yes. Think where did I say God ever? Only in mimamsa it did say God is there God and then there. they pray and all. No. Every other school from Shankhya to uh, Vaisheshika hmm. to Nayyayika. Hmm. If yoga, yoga never says there is someone called God and then you have to go pray to this God and the God takes care of you. No, he says that there is something called big, vastness. Hmm. This vastness is there. Oneness. This vastness, this bigness. That bigness was given the name called Brahma.
1: Hmm.
0: And they called it Parabrahma. Hmm unlimited vastness because we don't know where the border is if you know the border is there that means that is also his brahman you know that border is there expanded you go next border expanded already Mm -hmm. so you don't know where this brahman is maybe maybe in the macro of the macro of the macro of this this brahman could be its own shell but then there is some other existence where that shell is so that means that other thing is Brahman now. Mm. So now you can apply this concept and you can keep going and going and going and going. You it's, will cannot even contemplate this anymore. It's only infinite. It's only infinite beyond that point. So this is what everybody says that that oneness, this, this bigness, mm. this bigness is this is us. Very difficult to now think because now you're taking the entire one small pixel, you're over putting the load in pixel saying, don't worry, pixel, you are the entire movie. No no don't think of it as a movie you it won't work out say there's so one pixel is there which is displaying iron man's left eye then there is another pixel which is displaying iron man's left eye hmm. these two are not same i agree hmm. but i'm not talking you to identify yourself as pixel anymore identify yourself as the electricity running underneath then there is no problem hmm. so this frame of thought installing this frame of thought or in after installing experiencing this frame of thought Is everything this podcast is going to do? And we will explore through this frame of thought, through this system of setup, we will explore what are the possibilities now, how this can expand and how this can, you know, benefit us from escaping away from the fear of death. of death, thereby escaping the fear of energy, thereby, sorry, by thereby escaping the wastage of energy, thereby neutralizing that depreciation of energy. So still from a neuroscientific angle at the end of the day, you will not waste energy into areas where you shouldn't be wasting it. Mm. That doesn't mean you will simply sit there and think like, no, I am this vastness and I will not eat. It will not work Mm. because this is a pointer, not that it itself. Mm. Remember this. If tomorrow there is a better way of doing this tomorrow, probably psychology, neuropsychology, and neurophysicists will crack this at some point in the future where they will probably find out what is this this, this soul whatever this is there inside our body they may probably find it at that point they will still think they will say that oh this soul is still, still the same and they will again try to go on inner one level by saying what is this soul made of yes. and again the pursuit will keep happening but we will not be alive at that time
1: for sure
0: <laughs> So in order for us to live here peacefully, in order for us to make sure that we conduct this in this correct way or the normal way where we don't drain ourselves from this energy system, already an energy deficit system, how can we become net neutral is all the thing from a social, biological, physical angle, from a spiritual, philosophical, from a theological angle Is this frame of thought or the frame of what is the framework that we are installing in the brain Mm. and that framework is what Vedanta is going to give us Mm. so through installing this Vedanta framework we will come to a correct understanding Mm. and through understanding we will come to experience once you have experienced then there is no proof needed Mm. no belief needed Mm. no faith needed then you discard this entire system as well it's like this right Let's say you spilled something on the floor, what will you do? You will take one uh, paper towel, Mm. one clean paper towel, you will put it there, scoop it up, clean the whole system up. Now this clean paper towel became full contaminated, right? You will throw it away, right? Mm. And then what happens? You get the clean floor. So likewise, you have a wrong understanding. You bring the right understanding. Mm. Remove the right understanding and the wrong understanding then what you will have is the reality Mm. your experience Mm. that is all we are going to do so if you do not believe in Vedanta or you do not believe in the school of wait a minute but it still seems up in the air man I am me right how can I be him or the same energy that is in me is in him what is the proof so instead of going down that route Mm. trust the masters Mm. have faith in the masters who is proposing or who is preaching or who is trying to propound this theory of Vedanta put trust in that master take what that master is trying to say and try it apply it, create it in your lab your body and your mind is your lab now try it and do the picker upper technique if it works, it works it worked, it brought you out of depression now it created some kind of harmony in you It it removed that fear in you Dukkha, they say sorrow, is removed. Right? And you, you must experience this Paramananda, which is basically like, you know, ever-eternal state of peacefulness in your mind, right? Yes. So if this can give you that peace and remove the sorrow, that's all we want, man. That's exactly what we want. You call it energy, you call it Brahman, you call it Atman, you call it pizza, I don't care. You say Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola every day also, I don't care. But if it makes me feel happy, if it removes all my sorrow in my life, that's all I want. I go to the movies, I eat pizza, I drink, I go out on a date, I do all the things what normal human beings do because I don't want to feel unhappy. I want to feel happy. I don't want to be sorrow. I don't want to be depressive. You go and ask anybody in depression, do you want to be in depression? They'll say no. (laughs) Are you mad? Why do I want to be in depression man? I want to be out there having fun everybody wants to have fun is it not yes Yes. so in order to have fun you have already are implementing some kind of a framework think your version of having fun is smoking ganja your version of having fun is going out with your dudes to a nice disco club in the night and have drink at 12 a.m. in the morning and eat at 3 a.m. in the morning and come home and sleep at 4 a.m wake up at 5 p.m. on Sunday, Mm. wash yourself up, watch a nice movie, maybe have a beer and a pizza, sleep and go to office Monday, you are having fun. Or it could be like going to the beach, swimming with your girlfriend, having a nice sexual intercourse with her in the afternoon sun, Mm. come back home, sleep, eat, drink, marry, get up in the morning and go to work. You had a fun Sunday. Mm. There is a framework. There is nobody in the world who does not have a framework. There is a particular framework, either installed by society, given to you by your family and friends, given to you by the environment in which you are born and brought up. All I'm saying is, why don't we give another framework a try?
1: Hmm.
0: I'm not convincing or anything. I'm just asking genuinely that why can't we simply give it a shot? And previously, when I searched for this, unfortunately or fortunately, many of these were cryptic. They were hidden. They were reserved for certain people. Hmm. It was in a specific language. It was only taught to people who will go to that particular school, give up their life. Hmm. And they have to be in a monastery as a monk Hmm. and then learn this alone and teach this alone and die like that. Now it is opening up slowly. Now it is coming to a place where probably we should give it a shot. It is worth giving a shot. We are giving lot of uh, chemicals a try. We are giving a lot of chemicals, CBD, oh sorry THC, CBD are chemicals. We are giving a try. We are giving a try for mushrooms. We are giving a try for all sorts of cannabis. We are trying giving trials for even opium, cocaine, heroin. These are all chemical compounds. We are giving a try without fully understanding them. No. Without fully understanding them. Yes. I mean, not understanding. Yeah, the I understood. Chemical, yeah, technically, yeah. we are, we we're don't still understand. Them. That. Back in the 50s. They banned a lot of good drugs. Fungus, fungi, mushrooms were banned. Mm. Saying like these magic mushrooms will make you go crazy. LSD was banned. Now we are having awareness about LSD and thinking that why not use LSD as a medicine. Frameworks, view of these frameworks keeps changing. Mm. So the idea behind this podcast is why not we take these frameworks that were reserved for certain people that was not openly practiced in the real world which required a little bit more time and little bit more authentic way of realizing and reading and learning and make it more global and neutral and diversified way of understanding and implementing Mm. probably if 10 people hear it even if two people are able to implement it and feel that and realize that they are this this brahmam Mm. and not the body mind and thereby they become a little bit more less sorrowed and more peaceful Mm. so be it. Then we will learn anything we want. And finally it's a picker-upper anyway. We are going to destroy this. We are going to burn the book. Don't worry. Nothing will remain. Vedanta will kill itself. Mm. It will eat itself. Take away all the wrong understanding and just vanish. Nothing will remain residue. Chemical you take will be there in your body. Any practice you do will remain in your mind. This will never be there in anywhere, no trace found. So I think this is a very good in-between way of trying and experimenting a few things. And that is how we are going to solve the body-mind problem with a new framework that we will install in the mind in the name of we are calling it Vedanta and all this stuff, but we can call it anything you want. If you like to call it like one Uh, happiness.exe if your mind is running you think if your mind is running 64-bit windows then call it happiness.exe or if you are running mac in your mind if you think your mind is fully mac then call it happiness.dmg call it whatever you want doesn't matter call sunnyvale whatever you want doesn't matter but going there is all matters being there is all matters you go to beach You go to ocean, people will call it different, different name. Somebody will call the ocean Atlantic Ocean. Somebody will call it Ocean Pacific Ocean. Somebody will call it Ocean Indian Ocean. Someone will call it Bay of Bengal. Ultimately, they are having fun time there. The amount of fun you will have in those beaches, same. You call it whatever ocean you want. You do whatever activity you want. Cold current, water current. Sorry, cold current, hot, warm current, anything you call it. East Australian current, anything you call it. But the fun that you will have, the happiness that you will enjoy, the experience that you will get, same. Yes. Similarly, if we can install this framework in your mind, call it a framework, call it a philosophy, call it tautology, call it epistemology, call it whatever you want. Ontology, everything, anything you want, philosophy religious, anything you want, whatever name you want to give, whatever form you want to give. Ultimately, if we can make you experience peacefulness, mm. remove sorrow by yes. doing whatever, worth it. Yes. Let's try it. That is the state in which we are in right now, unfortunately. Because this energy crisis is really happening mm. and we need to do something about it. Yes. So, this will be a good beginning for us to try and implement something and we will see, we will, we will um, go through some procedures some techniques, without converting ourselves to Hindus, by the way, Hmm. without converting ourselves from anything that we are here now today. Being as what we are originally are and trying to understand it from its true original sense, some of the ancient knowledge is proven to be factual, working. We have had good amount of masters. We luckily have had amazing amount of guides, teachers, enlightened beings who have lived amongst us. Shared this knowledge with us. Christ is such an enlightened being. Buddha himself, Gautama the Buddha, was an in- enlightened being. Kabir was an enlightened being. Nanak was an enlightened being. The Jaina Tirthankaras were enlightened beings. Vardhaman Mahavira was an enlightened being. Ramakrishna Paramahamsa was an enlightened being. Vekananda was an enlightened being. Raman Maharishi was an enlightened being. Vallalar was an enlightened being. We know all these people definitely, definitely existed in this planet. Yes. And by enlightenment, I mean not walking on water or converting water to wine. Or not aging. Or like one, how they say, Buddha, wherever he went, one cloud followed him. We don't want all that stuff. <laughs> we just want to be happy. We just want to be less of our burdens. Want to live a peaceful, happy life. And if we can get that, and if we want to call that enlightenment,
1: so be it.